scenario I saw Dreamless and it was just like kind of crazy, really psychedelic. And like multiple voices are talking all at once, it's like driving me absolutely nuts. Sounds great. Perfect podcast. Yeah, like put this, put this in. This is the new podcast. Yeah, quite awkward. This is a great thing. I love to play this. So my friend Adam showed up. Uh, my friend Royce showed up. Yeah, our levels are great. And uh, we start talking about uh, land races. Oh, uh, nice. Because Adam lives in Hawaii. Oh, really? That's right. Pretty, and yeah. so like everybody's picking up their instrument, and we're just like talking about weed, right? And then Royce just goes, we'll listen to it. Royce just does this little drum roll, and then we all just fall into a song like that we've never played before. Most of these people have never played before except me and Adam or me and Royce. No shit. That was my laugh. This is it right here? And then we're just off to the races, right? So Yes. Yeah. And then Adam is one of the most amazing guitar players I've ever seen in my life. And he's got that crazy like music dharma. Do I know Adam? I don't, I don't know if I do. No, he's a wizard. Yeah. I keep so. running into David though. Dave is awesome, bro. Yeah. He said, uh, your kids go to school with each other. Yeah. Yep. Kids go to same school. So I'm going to roll this out and then uh, I'm just going to keep it real low for uh, vibe. Right? Yeah. I love it. And it won't, it won't be in the final bit, though, uh, the final. I fade it out, right? Sweet. Yeah, yeah. Let's do all the, vibe, right? all the post production. So welcome to yeah. uh, Radio Free Earth. I still yeah. keep calling it maybe Radio Free Earth because I haven't got the copyright yet, right? So it could be anything. Uh, I like it, though. Thank you. My keep friend there. Sam De La Paz <laughs> is here. Um, Sam is on the Origins Council, if I'm correct, which yes. is an organization that is stewarding legacy farmers in the legal market. Yeah, sit on the regional council of the okay. Origins Council. Right. So, And then uh, anything else? You're working for the 421 Group? Yeah, working for 421 Group and um, the vice president of the Hessel Farmers Grange. First cannabis and hemp farmers and, grange and where's in, that? in the U.S., actually. Uh, here in Sebastopol, California. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Welcome, Sam. Thank you. It's a real Good honor to, to have you, you on. And, so uh, honored to be here. Radio Free Earth has really not been that cannabis focused, uh, and, and not for a reason yet, just because of uh, guest slots, right? Totally. Because I plan on doing lots of cannabis stuff because it's a huge part of my life. I like talking about everything, too. Me, too. Yes, sir. Yes, <laughs> yeah, sir. You know what I mean? And uh, it is nice, though. Uh, the one thing I was really looking forward to having you on is some real intelligent cannabis policy discussion and, and we can go short with that and long with anything else as well awesome. because really this is about you know your freedom and and us connecting and and one of the biggest things i'm trying to do with this is just model kind of positive reasoning among friends towards absolutely solutions that's my new thing i got is uh solution oriented right bro i'm on the same page yes. like constantly i'm like dude solution 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 yes. i mean to me, we're just going to focus on the problem if we don't focus on the solution. And we all know it's fucked up. We all know there's problems, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like, here's a problem. And I learned I that, that. You know, I learned that in uh, someone just teaching me about management as well. Mm -hmm. And even like uh, both ways, right? From, from, from lower ranks upwards, mm -hmm. as well as from management if you have to uh, talk to somebody. Totally. It's like, don't just be like, hey, you're doing a shit job or, yeah. Yeah, or whatever. Exactly. It's like, hey, like, here's what I'm seeing. Yeah. And here's how we could do it better, right? So don't just don't just come with a solution or an idea. Yes, sir. Or even sometimes ask them. You know what I mean? Like, yes. hey, if we did this, you think that would work? You know, like yes. Because most of the time, people come to their conclusion on their own. Like, if you just have that open dialogue and a system and being there, you know, I mean, you don't have to be the yeah. freaking 
drill sergeant driver if you don't have to be, but sometimes you have to be. Well, and they're uh, usually if they come to it of, of their own accord, it tends to stick. Right? Absolutely. I know that's true for me. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think for any of us, the more that we can be supported in getting to our own conclusion, you know what I mean, and and have it resonate. Yes, sir. That's that's going to be far more impactful than somebody just telling you do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because most of us, honestly, even those who the may moment, not want to admit it, have a problem with authority. And the moment you do this, you're like, <laughs> word, I'm definitely going to do the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. you. Totally. Respectfully. <laughs> Respectfully. <laughs> but I can do that better. I bet. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's so funny. <clears throat> Pardon me. Because I was thinking on my way here, too, I was like, oh, man, what kind of topics do I want to explore? But, uh, or, you know, wh- or what kind of, you know, topics does Matt have in mind? But I, uh, I was thinking, and it's funny that we say that, like, oh, I could probably do it better. You know, it's just, it's kind of that, that ego that sneaks in, you know what I mean? And like, there's an interesting book that I, um, that I, that I read and I, and I want to say it's one of these books with the word fuck in it. And it's either unfuck withable, unfuck withable, or it's, uh, the art, subtle art of not giving a fuck. Ooh, I've heard of that second one. Yeah. And it's good. And they refer to, yeah, I'll take a little puff. Oh, yeah, there you go. Um, they refer to, um. Uh, just ego in the sense that in, in the commentary in this particular book, which ego is a very like touchy subject, you know what I mean, yeah. out there and, and usually frowned upon completely yeah. because, you know, it's, 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 you know, kind of the obsession with self, not the le- letting go and the dis, you know, disconnection with things that really probably lead to more enlightened, you know, states or, or being, but the thing is, is I heard it put really interestingly in this book, and they're like, ego breeds resilience, though. And right. I was like, damn, I mean, there's something to be said about that in a weird kind of crazy, you know, dynamic. You, it really does. It, it, it can breed resilience, but it's just like anything. It's like keeping it in check, just like that thin line of cockiness and confidence that we always try to dance. It's you know a tool. I mean? It's like, yeah, it's, a, it's tool. a tool. And if you let any tool rule your life, then you're you're lost. Yeah. If you did it with but fear it, or happiness, you'd be fucked. Yeah. Or Just money, right? You know, yeah. Right. If you let money yeah. rule your life, but money's a tool. It's great when you need to pay rent. It's great if you need Absolutely. food. If you need to help somebody else, right? You yeah. need yeah. cash for your car. Yeah. Want to travel uh, make an impact. So like in in Anybody? in Hindu in the Hindu religion, mm-hmm. um, they practice yoga. Right, and yoga is right. not just the yoga that we call yoga, but it's like uh, chanting, meditation, types of food. And it's really a complete lifestyle. Um, the type of wo- yoga that we practice in the West is only one one portion of the right. system, right? But what yoga means in but, yeah, yeah. yeah, what yoga means in Sanskrit is yoke, and they're actually talking about yoking the ego with with the the self, the the self beyond the ego as the controller right. on the wagon riding it, and so yoga is a system of learning to take all of your physical as well as your mental and and harness it healthily to serve you because you need your ego you know like when we get to complete ego disillusionment or like a baby who just comes out of the womb who's completely undifferentiated like you can't eat you can't you're gonna piss yourself you can't defend yourself you can't survive on the third dimensional world three-dimensional world right totally totally you need to be able to walk forward you need to care somewhat about danger you need to care somewhat about improving your own circumstance yeah but it's Having some way, you know, and it doesn't have to be psychedelics. It can be movement, meditation, art, fishing. You just have to have a way totally. to connect with a deeper part of yourself and to realize that you are not. That altered state of being, so yeah. to speak. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. And so, and just to, to have that altered perspective to know that you're not the only thing and you're not an undifferentiated piece of a dead world, but totally. you're actually a small connected piece of a universe made of love and light. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hit me, bro. No, but it's true, bro. <laughs> and it's like the thing is, you're interconnected. You are a powerful piece oh, of that. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. You're a powerful yes, piece so. of that. But it's, but it's a tiny. It's like, oh, my wife has this quote, but I'm not gonna say it because I will botch it because okay. I don't remember it word okay. for word. Okay. But it's a good one. Okay. She, she loves it, and it's, okay. uh, it's in regards to like everything you do is significant, but it's still important that you do it or something like that. And it's yeah, a really word. interesting word. quote because in a way it's saying the same thing. It's like yeah. you're a very powerful piece of this, of this you know elemental kind of construct. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, you know, it's it's a blip. On the radar right it, but it's, it's literally like, a paradox cool. of both at the same time yeah and you seem you know we each seem incredibly important to our own story and we literally are right as the right. narrator and the hero of our own journey yeah and, and from our own perspective at the same time we're story. the reason we put this up is because it's a reminder that we're immersed in a limitless universe that could be part of multiverses that literally spans for billions upon billions of light years and contains totally billions upon billions if not trillions of of yeah. stars and solar systems that most likely have life Oh, yeah. And just this mind-boggling size, which really gives us a lot of assurance that, like, we don't really matter that much. Totally, bro. And I love that, actually. Uh, I think it's Joe Rogan that has this uh, has this skit where he's like, everybody goes, you know, to Arizona to stare at this Grand Canyon. He's like, it's a giant crevice in the ground. <laughs> he's like, why don't you just oh, yeah. look up? Yes. You know, and it's so true. It's like, think about just numero numerologically or mathematically yep. um, yeah, how extensive the idea of space and and time and that you know and that yeah. that dude i mean it's just exhaustively billions trillions more f like fundamental freaking math and numer numer numerology and and freaking depth than we can even fathom on this Word. here plane you know what i mean it's i do crazy i do so it's like damn. have you ever heard so you've probably heard of the phrase the seven liberal arts I have. Right? That's yeah. what they used to technically teach in college, they would say, right? Oh, right, right, right. Yes. But that's so the seven liberal actually. arts come from the Greeks and the Romans, but actually they come from Egypt because they all learned it in Egypt, right? Really? Yeah. And so, pardon me, the seven liberal arts start with grammar, logic, and rhetoric, right? Grammar is, is you know, the letters in an alphabet, how, how words are formed using letters, how sentences are formed using words, mm -hmm. and um, proper syntax, right? Right. Understanding the etymology of the words and proper syntax and proper usage. Rhetoric. Important. Yes, so. And then rhetoric is, uh, oh, no, I'm pardon me. Logic is next, and that's how to understand how to uh, create and understand true statements mm -hmm. and how to discern fallacious statements, fa fa fallacies, whether lies or, right. or mistakes, right? right? So that's logic. And then rhetoric is combining grammar and logic to be able to construct an argument to sway another person's perspective and or to dissect somebody's argument and really discern the truth or fallacy of it. So that's the first three liberal arts is grammar, logic, and rhetoric. And you really need that in order to be able to relate to other human beings, right? Totally, and to both totally. understand higher concepts of ideas as well as to uh, uh, purvey them. Yeah. Then the next four are the, so that's called the tri trivium, right? Right. The next four are called the quadrivium and it's math, geometry, music, yes, and astronomy, which is now astrophysics, right? Right. And here's why, bro. This is going to because it's exactly what you're talking about. Math. Mm -hmm. Number is the language of the universe. There's the the uh, dialectic numerology, which is zero to nine and, and, and the family or the aspects of those numbers. Right. Right. But then there's all the concepts of math and math is the language of the, the, the code of the running of space time. Mm -hmm. Geometry is math in space. 
math in totally. actual space. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Music is math in time. Oh, right. Right. Of course. Right. And then astronomy or Damn. astrophysics is the combination of geometry and music and it's number or math in space and time. So you learn the trivium, grammar, logic, and rhetoric so that you can understand who's bullshitting you yeah. and who's telling you the truth to, an, to a degree. Damn. And then you use that knowledge to align with other human beings to determine mathematics, geometry, mm -hmm. music, and then astrophysics. And using those seven liberal arts, you can really begin to define who you are and what your first principles, principles are, how you can Damn. mindfully navigate with the world, and oh, how yeah. you can effectively communicate with other human beings as well as understand your place in the world. That's badass. And it's so crazy to where like, you know, never about octaves and music, right? Realize that. Oh no? The way that was connected like that? No. Isn't that crazy? No. I'm no, and, like and cuz nobody tells you. They don't teach you that shit. Right. School doesn't school's like here take a test, watch a video. Oh, I know. Yeah, cuz they're, yeah, they're, they're pumping not, robots, dude. Pumping robots. What like, happens when you, you know. when you learn a, a, <laughs> a style of of if you if you learn in the style of the trivium or even begin to educate yourself later on, you know, through through you know for me it was greek you know like aristotle plato right and then this yeah. book the trivium by um this uh i think she's an episcopalian nun but anyway you begin to really dissect this and even beyond stuff you learn in college or learn in ap classes in school because i went to some ap history and english classes blah, totally. blah blah yeah super surface you really just be shit. you begin to understand how to understand if people are pulling your chain and how to think for yourself mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean you become infallible it does not mean Fuck that you no. are right but it does mean that you become an independent thinking unit and you are harder to control. Mm -hmm. And school was really developed in the industrial age, our current type of school that yeah, we have exactly. for the most part, unless you're rich and go to public, uh, private school. Yeah. School was designed to make automa automatons and robots for industry. 100%. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. I mean, it's systematized. It's a, you know yes. what I mean? 100%. It's just, it's just simple, freaking systemic efficiency. And they're like, you know, this is what it's going to take and this is what we need to turn out. It's yes. like we don't want everybody being a creative free thinker. You know what I mean? It's like that would. Uh, no, they'll go to they'll go to private school academies. <laughs> they'll go to private school academies that feed them directly into East Coast Ivy League colleges. Totally. Yeah. And completely direct their creative focus. Yes. You know what I mean? I do. Because yes, sir. there's actually a really interesting documentary on Netflix called The Creative Brain, which was just all about different artists, different forms of creation and all the way from like, you know, a, a guy that does movie sets um, and, and does like monsters, designs monsters for movie sets to a guy that's like, you know, uh, um, um, doing the architecture in the most amazing buildings in the world to, you know, what's it called? A woman that's just an amazing artist. Um, the creative brain. Okay. I'm just, I'm writing this down for later. You would love it. And it's not even that long. It's probably like a 45 minute documentary and you know, I'll let you just watch it, but the question they pose at the end is just, it's fascinating and it really makes you think like, what if we were all, you know, encouraged and, and yes. you know, uh, incentivized and supported and, yes. and, you know, really, really led down a path to follow our true creative potential. Yes, sir. I mean, how amazing would this world be to have seven billion people fulfilling their creative potential and, and singing in harmony with that? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's I like, do. it's like we'd no, be in a golden age. We did. It'd yeah. be a whole nother world. I'll guarantee that. Well, I think it's we really crazy. need to radically reorient our system now. Yeah. To care for all of the people that have in, uh, uh, endured 
unimaginable amounts of childhood trauma that are littering our streets as the homeless and the drug addicted and the mentally ill. Totally. And I think that goes to what you're saying is yeah. these people need to be cared for and we need to find out, determine, or educate towards a system where all humans are cared for, where people are not beaten, where people are not emotionally extorted. Where taken for granted, are, taken yeah. advantage of, exploited. Yes. You know? Yeah. I mean, it really comes down to exploitation. It's the same thing we do as a, as a human really race to everything. our mother nature. Yeah. You know what I mean? Our planet. It's just we do it to each other. And it's like that's the sad, unfortunate reality. But the thing is, is there's a conscious shift upon us. And this is why I'm so excited and proud of everything that's yes. happening in the world right now, you know, when it yeah. comes to emerging industries like cannabis and hemp, regenerative farming, freaking even the decentralization, the idea of blockchain, even though I don't understand the <laughs> shit out of that shit yet. I mean, I do in some ways. The con but some like, of the concepts behind it, yeah, totally. Well, yeah, and, and some I'm of just it, like, no. wait, this guy, yeah, Satori Yakanosh, you know. Uh, Dude, my friend Connor whatever. just explained NFTs to I me again. I heard you talking about it last night on the phone. And I didn't understand it again. <laughs> and he said way. all the same words or and some new ones. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I just looked at him, and Joe looked at him, and we were like, I was like, all right, Joe, did you get it? He's like, no, I have no clue. I was like, yeah, me either. Yeah. Okay. The, old, the, the one thing did I did I get, get is. parts of it, but. No, so the new thing is, instead of it just being a picture, now they're tying yeah. real world stuff to it. Oh, totally. Like, if you buy this picture, you get, like, this club where you get something, like, a piece of That's art a month. That's the way to do or, it, because it yeah. makes it that much more real. Because well, then it is real. Then it is real. Yeah. I mean, it's whoever sh sold one of those cyberpunks for $16 million or something, I'm like. Uh, Good uh, on you. Uh, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> flabbergasted, bro. I don't even know. I'm like, then again, uh, I look at some of the, you know, crazy, uh, you know, trap hop freaking shit. I just, I can't, some of it, I'm just like, I'm not surprised. We're kind of, you know what I mean? Seeing that, that balance and like out there crazy wild. Somebody's got money to spend and they're like, I want $16 billion for the first freaking cyberpunk NFT. I mean, yeah, I get it. There's a lot of people that are flexing like, with money because yeah. I think they've never done acid. Yeah, exactly. You know? they, yeah, I, that's all I can it. chalk it up to because it's like <laughs> the moment you've had a really good acid trip, you're not trying to spend like four hundred thousand dollars on a wheelbarrow of champagne in Vegas. You know what I mean? You're like, I'll take a regular champagne. I'm gonna give like this other three hundred grand to like the mission or whatever. You know, like yeah. it just reorients you. I, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Or just have another you know like event where you want to bring more people like that together. Yeah, a lot of people it's just like yeah. it's that paradigm shift. But do you I, remember Teddy? Do you remember Teddy? Yeah. Dude, his ex-girlfriend had the job. So he was running events for Tau Group, which is a bunch of clubs right. in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his girlfriend at the time, she was one of the girls that when you ordered like the 60000 the $300,000 gigantic, the giant super magnum or whatever, yeah, or yeah, the yeah. crystal or whatever, yeah. they would come out with like the wheelbarrow full of ice and like dressed in costumes with fireworks. And like they literally have a menu in Vegas. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I've never seen it because I'm nobody. But – they have a I menu. No. They have a menu. Like our menu is like, oh, there's like it's like a Bud Light and the Coors and like maybe a Patron and like a top shelf one for fifty bucks. And you're like, oh, that's pretty cool, right? Yeah. These other dudes get these menus where it's like, well, you can get this one for ten grand, or you can get this bottle for twenty and two girls come out, or you get this bottle for sixty and you get like fireworks and three minutes of dancing with four girls, or you can get the, like the three hundred thousand oh and God. a parade comes out. And we got an elephant for you. They literally have a list. And I'm then, not surprised. And then at Teddy all. would just watch these dudes in this club just like just battling to see who could waste the most money on the presentation of the champagne. Oh, yeah. And so one of the things he had to do was constantly come up with new ways to present, present the, champagne. the champagne. to keep it exciting. <laughs> so you just keep racking the fucking ducats. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Just crazy, right? Oh, that's just so classic, though. Yeah. I'm not That's yeah. not surprising whatsoever. Yeah, that's how they're like, doing it there. Oh, Vegas yeah. are basically like, 
Okay. Oh, Vegas I'll is literally you just pissing all your contest of money. Like, how much money do you have? Because if you have 50, <laughs> we've got a thing for that. If you have 500, we've got a better one. <laughs> but if you got 5,000, man, do we have a good one. Totally. Or are you a baller? Do you want to go in the other special room? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? uh, like, wait, I want to be a baller. No, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> Cost too much. 200K later. Right. 250K later. Female later. You know what I mean? It's classic. No, that is wild, man. Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely. It's just crazy, you know, how people flex out there these days, you know, with money. And it's yeah. just, again, I think that the true shift is going to be in, and it is happening in a more holistic paradigm, which is, you know, people, planet, and, and pr- I won't say even profit, but proliferation. You know what I mean? Like, there's this whole triple bottom line thing because people still want to refer to business. So they say, you know, and that's like conscious capitalism or that kind of concept um, is triple bottom line, people, planet, profit. Okay. But I still think profit is like, you know, uh, it's good, but but showing that that's your, still your one of your main primary focuses is, is money. That's still profit. And yeah. for me, it, it's more like proliferation. We want to see each other prolific. Uh, proliferate right you know there's a really great uh, another great book called uh, um, it's by Simon Sinek the guy that did the finding your why or one of the, I think okay. it's called finding your why but he has another one called the infinite game which I love because it's just all about you know we're not playing a finite game as as humanity or as the human race or as an individual we're playing a an infinite game like we're playing so that the next person and the next yes. person and the next organism yes. and the next you know what i mean like yes. energy can yes. keep proliferating you're right keep playing that makes sense you know what i mean it's I so do. fascinating like such that makes, a well that makes perfect sense constructed book in that way because yeah it's you're just like dude yeah it is really about feeding more positive energy feeding more better energy when you adopt the perspective that you owe your behavior to the race uh, to the generations that will um follow yes it's very Absolutely. easy to orient your your behavior from that perspective in a way that is respectful of the so earth, so and true. helps helps to preserve life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so true, so. very much so. Um, yeah, can we dive well, into the totally? I just wanted to ask you about the Origins Council. Yeah, and your work there. Sorry, and, we got off deep. No, like, no, hey, no. Sorry, no, no. Yeah, we're. Yeah. I just thought I just wanted to hit this for like ten minutes and and jump off from there as well. No, yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just because it's just something I'm curious of. Totally. Uh, just a little background on the Origins Council, mm-hmm. a kind of like where where'd that come from, approximate formation, and what y'all are up to? Yes. Um, well, I can't speak to the Origins Council in length because I'm not okay. on the board of the Origins Council. Okay, gotcha. And, and Janine Coleman, our executive director, would be the one that could speak more in full to okay. uh, details of the Origins Council. But I can actually okay. absolutely speak. We're also very activated at, at the state level with policy. And... And our regional organizations are... Is it a California organization or a national organization? Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll kind of give a little bit of okay. history of the Origins Council, okay. um, which I can totally do, of course, and, and then talk a little bit about you know my role and where we where we are today. But um, originally, um, I, I'd have, actually have to get back to you on... So it was the Mendocino Appalachians Project that I remember Janine, that. Yeah, that Janine was a, okay. like a partner or co-founder of, okay. I believe, and I don't want to get any of this wrong, so don't quote me <laughs> okay. 100%. Um, but, but basically, uh, Janine formed the origins council, um, a little over two years ago, going on three, I'd say now, um, 
to basically represent the legacy producing regions of California through appellations um, of origin and ge uh, um, geographic indication systems, which is pretty much, you know, appellations like wine. Like wine. Okay. Yeah. It basically ties a, a product to your uh, your region or right. your or your uh, bioregion. Right. Which is amazing and super fascinating. And the, and the whole point of and the ethos behind this originally, as as far as I've seen and, and have always understood it, is that that it was to protect and preserve the cultures, community and the legacy, as we call them, legacy producing regions of Northern California gotcha. that have been world renowned for cannabis production for decades, yes, if not. You know what I mean? I mean, basically, ever since the ever since the, the start you know, in in America. Yeah, yeah. Well, and '60s, '70s. You know, yeah. really, when the uh, when the you know hippies ran to the hills. The back to the land. Yeah, movement. Back to the land. I know movement. a couple exactly. of the original back to the, uh, my uncle Bruce Brady was one of them. Nice. And then Dan Roberts. Yep. I don't know if you. Yeah, know yeah. Dan, I yeah. know Dan. Yeah. Yeah, Dan Roberts. He's a poet. Dan. Yeah. Dan. There, yeah. Long hair, Dan. Right. Yeah, he came yeah. in '67. Yeah, he started Willits Online. Reef's dad. Yeah, Reef's dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Damn, yeah, that's what awesome. an amazing time, right? And they Dude, all, it's so they amazing. really, uh, the majority of them, and this is according to Dan. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't even go up there to start growing weed. Oh no, no, you know, they, they went, went up to, there to just get back to the land, get, get out of the cities, yeah. and and really try to get back into working with their hands and and yeah. like reconnecting to that reality. Just to get off grid, yes, and to be yeah. yeah. And so they, they ended up having to grow weed because there really wasn't any other way to make money in mendocino in the 60s dude i tell people all the time like i grew up around construction cattle and <laughs> cannabis i definitely chose my favorite of the three yeah right <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know where, did you where did you did you grow up in willits oh, in willits yeah oh, okay where? that's really where? all there was like for me at that yeah. age it, it's either that or you know go to high school go to college i was not good with with high school traditional education gotcha. college yeah you know, I dropped out of high school after giving all my buddy shit for for dropping out, you know, after oh, two years dang. of college yeah. or high school and being like, you guys fucking do it. You, you know what I mean? Like or three years or whatever. And then I went four years and dropped out. Oh, shit. And I was like, oh, damn, I'm like the ultimate <laughs> asshole now talking all this shit to them. You know, like, uh, oh, God, yeah. giving them a bad time for throwing the towel. But, you know, honestly, it's proven to be everything it needed to be for me, which Word. is great. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. um. How do we get on? Uh, oh yeah, or just back to the lands. Oh, back land to the landers. Yeah. That's right. yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's just um, it's interesting because yeah, a lot of cats I grew up with in Mendo, family original back to the landers. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah it absolutely was. It, it was about community. Yeah. You know, uh, like economic resilience off grid and yep. you know sustainable, you know, uh, self sustainability essentially. And and absolutely at, over time it was like yeah we're growing weed it's one of the best places in the world to do it and holy shit you know what i mean you yes. should see the product we we, yeah. we we get to see the product that comes out of there and again it's world renowned yes sir so that's the the you know um real what i feel like and this is my personal opinion and again i can't officially speak to origins council but what what the ethos was founded on again was respecting and protecting these regions yeah. um and then from there it just has moved into more and more policy work to protect our our uh legacy producing regions so basically gotcha. we have um the the origins council is the um is the founding board of the origins council um so there's a board for the origins council but okay. then the regional council is made up of two to three 
regional representatives from each legacy producing region. Gotcha. So right now we have and Mendo. The, so the, you, the regions meet and the board is kind of like the chairperson conducts the meeting. Yeah, okay. totally. So they have a couple policy advisors, you know, different advisors, again, on appellations, on on um, policy, on legal, you know what I mean? All these yep. different things. And, and then they're able to really take like a lot of the grassroots issues and concerns that we have. They formulate you know, a plan and, and really help to, to, um, tackle those things at the state level and they come back to us. Yeah. Yeah. And what's great is that it's very, it's like the most democratized decentralized system, you know, uh, as a membership organization in cannabis that I'm aware of to date. Um, and that's because everything comes back to our board of the regional partners to vote on. Oh, cool! So no decisions get made get get made on what without moves everybody forward having a, in a the vote. origins council, wow. without every regional partner, our representatives have a say, and then we also go back to our boards on certain issues, you know the the significant ones that we're going to yep. lobby at the state level. We yep. go back and we confirm it with all of our individual boards. Wow. So it's really pretty powerful. That's cool. Um, and are you guys are working on the cultivation tax? initiative right now we definitely so these are the things that i can't quite get okay, into speaking I to yeah no problem, no problem but we're absolutely you know i guess because the cultivation for, tax it's bullshit yeah and they're right now they're taxing weed when you so they you have to pay a, a permit fee you yeah. have to pay to the state and the re, and the low and your local agencies mm-hmm. um then you grow your weed and you have to pay a tax when you cultivate it Yep, and then if you oh a flat rate tax per pound too, per no matter pound. if the pound is worth thirty five hundred plus per shake or three hundred. I think isn't the shake tax oh, all of its the shake tax is actually is more than the pound flat rate of tax. shake cost. Oh yeah, like hundred percent. How much do you remember? It's how, like forty eight, or maybe right. it went up recently. Yeah, and um, shake itself, but it's like, like forty eight bucks a pound, pound for yeah. for shake, and it's worth like fifteen right now. Right, so forty eight tax fuck? for fifteen profit. It's like how can you afford to sell that? You, I mean, you can't. I mean, it's literally like we just br- did some rough math the other day as the Hessel right. Farmers Grange, and this uh-huh. is now public record, so I okay. can speak to this. And also, I'm the vice president of the Hessel Farmers Grange, so I have more okay. ability to speak cool. on that. But, um, but we uh, submitted to Sonoma County just this last week, um, just a back of the napkin style, very layman's breakdown of you know basically a profit and loss statement of what are what we're paying to have our licenses what we're paying for you know and that's not even including land payment i mean we're talking just no that's not including land or nutrients or payroll no yeah we're talking regulatory fees we're not even talking employees no like this is literally just if it was just the owners running a ten thousand square foot garden yeah and holy shit i mean it's like you end up so far in the negative it's just not even funny. So right. absolutely, Origins Council, we're on board with tax reform. We have to figure yeah. out what works for everyone. Yeah. That's the tough part is like, you know, especially now that California has stood up a lot of these tax, uh, the tax revenues have gone to different things. So there's different purposes for all the tax money. Okay. And some of those even go back to a GoBiz grant. That, oh, I'm just clearing my throat. No, you're good. Uh, a GoBiz grant that. Um, what is that? What's a GoBiz grant? It's a California uh, grant from the cannabis tax dollars. It's a $50 million grant. Um, for what? For going back into the communities. Uh, it's basically meant to oh. focus on education and mental health. Wow, that's um, cool. For the communities that have been most affected by the war on drugs. That's excellent. No, it's amazing. It's amazing. But that, guess what? Are you saying that's so, not happening? No, no, it's happening. Oh, okay. It's happening. But what happens when you lower the taxes? 
other than the money on the price of pound, then then some of those that money gotcha. disappears for those gotcha. things. So it's just it's finding this balance that's healthy because li- yeah. right now we're literally not going to have a regulated industry worth a damn yeah. if we keep overtaxing it this Agreed. way. Agreed. You know what I mean? Not I to do. mention that that really that fifty million is still small potatoes compared to the billion, two billion. I mean, Arizona just raked in two point nine billion in taxes or weed sales. No. Uh, I actually don't quote me on that because okay. it was a lot. It was okay. a lot more than I expected. Okay, for Arizona, wow, taxes. Okay, wow. which is well, it just seems to me like. I mean, Cali, they tax it at one point in the process absolutely. instead of every point in the process. No, and that's the way it should be. Because and, if you tax just, something ten percent five times, it's not fifty percent, but it, it's going to aggregate to like forty percent of the of the income. Like oh yeah, yeah. Cannabis is taxed five times. At this rate, <laughs> before it gets to consumer. That's crazy. Like, it's insanity. Yeah. I mean, it's insanity. You've got the local canopy tax. You've got excise tax. You've got cultivation tax. What's the local canopy tax? I mean, that's a local whatever. Well, it's based oh, that's on like the canopy permanent... here in Sonoma County, for an example. But okay. it, but in some counties, it's gross receipts. and like. But is that like your yearly permit tax? Is that what that is? Or that's separate from even the permit? That's your local permit tax, essentially. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's one well, no, and it's not a per, not the same as a permit fee either. It's a tax what? that you get charged on oh either gross receipts or or canopy square oh footage. My God, dude. Yeah, it's insane, bro. And I'm telling you, it's almost like it is. It's almost laughable to the extent that you're like, are you really just hey. are you trying to like kill this industry? And part of me right. is like, yeah, yeah, this might be your classic, you know. And this is me speaking from myself, only myself. Um, <laughs> This is only I don't speak for any organization or anybody I work for, you know, or any boards I'm on when I say this. But like, it's almost like it's this is by design to well, fail. I, you know I, what I mean? Which is corporate America. Newsom, it makes me a little concerned. So but. you remember they sold the whole thing and Gavin Newsom went around, gave a bunch of farmers a hand job and told them how he loved them and, and, and all that <laughs> shit. Right. And then the moment they signed everything, they were like, cool. Uh, how about like also vertical integration and no acre cap? Yeah. And the moment I saw that. Pretty much. It, it was pretty transparent that Gavin was just allowing all of his friends in the elite moneyed class to come in and the publicly owned, soon to be publicly owned corporations, et cetera, to dominate and run roughshod, you know, flow canna style over everybody. You yeah. Know? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. The writing was on the wall. The writing was on the wall. And it always, it always has been in the sense that, I mean, it's just no different than any other industry. In exactly. history. Exactly. I mean, it's going to be yeah. targeted that way. But the, re- the reality is, is it is very different. Yeah. And it's very different because we have an established traditional market that has Word. been existing for 50 plus years. And is still robust right now. And obviously is just if just as if not more robust. Yeah. And and if you don't encourage and really truly address like the, the drug war issues and, and address the, the prohibitionary style of regulating. Yes. Cannabis. Yes. Then you're not you're not treating us like other crops. No, no. other crop is subjected no. to a, a, a crop. Uh, cultivation tax. No other crop is is tracked and traced from seed to sale. You know, no other, and and understandably so. This is a this is a new territory yeah. for the world. You know, and and I understand that 100. percent But there are constructive ways to go about that, and there are yes. inclusive ways to go about that. Yes. And taxing the hell out of people and overregulating them is not going to get people to be like, let me go freaking legal. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. You literally push people to the traditional market and then what they find in the traditional market as well is fresher cannabis. Yeah. That's of a the higher other thing. quality. Yeah. Is you can let all the corporate fools come in and and, and you know snakes fly out of the grass all day. But <laughs> but the thing is I like that one. Yeah. 
is they're going to fucking flop because you don't understand that. Like, I mean, people don't understand out there, you know, in policy world necessarily and in even consumer world that people have been perfecting this crap for decades. Decades. Word. Word. So, you know, you know, it's like, I mean, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I, I was excited about legalization. Honestly, I didn't vote. Uh, yep. and I normally do vote. I'm a pretty active voter. I didn't vote in legalization because at the time I just, I couldn't ethically make what I felt was a sound decision either way because I didn't really like the bill, but I was also heavily invested at that time in cultivation. Yeah. Uh, you know, semi-legitimate cultivation. Totally. And so I really just didn't, I just couldn't even clear my mind to, to cast a vote. So I abstained. Yeah. It was but the I same was, way. I was happy when it was legalized in, in the lowering of stigma. And because I know that cannabis is much uh, more beneficial and less harmful than alcohol or tobacco, totally. and I knew that there were going to be a lot of good, there was going to be a lot of good peripheral benefits to the legalization, however messy the legalization was going to be, right? And that cannabis would be the gateway for LSD and and psilocybin uh, mushrooms and other psychedelics that are also very beneficial, very non toxic, and really, I think for me, I really can convince instrumental for the survival of the human race. Um, so yeah. I was excited about that part. And then, uh, the rest of it has just been the biggest rambling <laughs> jalopy ass shit show. And it's been horrible so because I watched it grind up a ton of my friends and it, you know, it ground me up to a certain extent, you know? Oh yeah. Um, no, I learned a lot too. about interfacing with big business by interfacing with big business. Yep. The main thing I learned is I really don't want to interface with big business for the most part. <laughs> Um, cause I'm a shitty totally. businessman. I really am. I'm yeah. like, every time I see a really good businessman, that's why it's like, they're really just the shade of like, of a criminal. Like anytime yeah. they're like, that guy's a good businessman. He's like, Oh, he's an ego tripping criminal. All right, cool. Thanks. Yeah. And, and I've just know. seen enough of that to know, like I'm a shitty businessman. I don't want to be around a good businessman. I'm cool on them. I wish them all the best, bro. I just want them to eat the acid and like get it together. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. One of the things I like about Burning Man, right, to just like totally segue wide right on this whole thing is I love it. Burning Man, you see those same like tech tech guys, tech millionaires, MIT dudes, just yeah, all the MIT. guys coming who've had who like either got lucky or their dad had enough money to invest in some shit. And now they're swinging their dick around about how they're an entrepreneur, right? Mm -hmm. Big watch, big watch gang, yeah, pink, yeah, oh, yeah. pink shirt, big watch, oh, yeah. right? So Took like over normally, like <laughs> no, normally if you see those guys in Vegas, right, or you uh, see them like out in the world. It's all about the watch and the chain and the fucking just watch me order the thing and like here's right, my car. Right. Like they're just tripping on these displays, right? Yeah. Pe uh, peacocking. Peacocking, yeah. yeah. So Burning Man, <laughs> by changing the perspective and Burning Man having the gift economy, these guys' dick measuring contest all of a right. sudden gets off of the Bugatti and it becomes how awesome of a theme camp can I set up? How big of an art car can I build? How oh. amazing of a sound system I can bring? And while that's kind of like, you know, aimed at just hijinks and mirth and, and some people call it waste resources, whatever, um, cool. At the same time, what you see is the moment you change the perspective of esteem, you can actually harness those people that are kind of somewhat narcissistic and sociopathic. Yeah. You can literally harness them to be generative to, to the community by rewarding them for that instead of rewarding them for increased self selfishness and narcissism. 100%. 100%. And so like, that's the the biggest reason I even integrated or tried to into legal cannabis was to get as many people high who have not yet gotten high. Like that was my actual mission. 
It yes. never once like the making money was to support the family. All the rest but, of the yeah. shit was just to get in front of as many people as I could and be like, you definitely should be eating acid. Do you want to smoke some weed with me? You should definitely eat mushrooms. Hey, you want to hit my it. DMT pen? It's naturally occurring in your brain. And even most of them I couldn't get to. Actually, a few of them I got, a few of them I corrupted. Most of them I wasn't <laughs> able to. The ones I corrupted have gotten deeper into psychedelics. And it's been really cool to see them and see them open up and just see them kind of embrace this thing and 100%. see how good it is for them, just like everybody else. But even the ones that I didn't get, you know, turn out, I at least gave them exposure to, to somebody who is, is as pro-social behaviors, is fairly well-spoken, can show up on time, knows how to fill out an email, is also a complete fucking degenerate drug user. And, and maybe because of my heart and the way I put myself across, my hope was that at least I gave them an experience so that they would judge other drug users less in the future and maybe we can move this needle because I, I hate to just... I harp on this every single episode, but I really think that psychedelics are probably the only lever that can get the train of humanity back on track again. Oh, I agree. Dude, and again, it's like, you know, even the even using the term drugs or drug user, it's like, bro, you know what I mean? Like, but they call psychedelics, medi- I mean, uh, uh, pharmaceuticals medicine right? and psychedelics drugs. It's right. like, bro, really, it's like, it's all drugs and yeah. it's all medicine. Yes, if, if you, totally. You, you know, it's just all a matter of how you use it. Yeah. You know, and it's and it's just classic because I'm I like, just, dude, So medicine. I just grabbed the term degenerate drug user. Yeah. Because then I figured if I start with that. No one, Everything else is chill. Well, no one has anything on me. You know what I mean? If I just self-identify as a degenerate and a drug user, then people are like, all right, cool. So there's that. <laughs> you own it. You're like, right? Yeah. And then I'm like, I like to smoke weed. And they're like, oh, that's not so bad, actually. It's like, yeah, yeah. see? You know? So and, uh, true, though. The other one, uh, uh, I think I think Alec introduced me like this, but he's for sure that I told him this, right? Oh, no, it was. I did introduce myself like that for whatever reason. I was just feeling good that day. But we were doing some group meet, right? Uh-huh. And uh, maybe it was the one of the Emerald Cup judging things or whatever, but I get nervous in, in public, and so I end up just saying stupid shit. And so, uh, you know, everybody's introducing themselves, and I'm just like, I've had it with, like, doing the bio and all that shit. Like, I really don't like that. Dude, I always thought you just had fun so, rousing people saying stupid shit. That's no, it a, comes from complete from... fucking social inadequacy, bro. Oh, bro, you rock It's like it, I'm, I'm frightened inside. So uh, if I pretend like I'm awesome at it, it, then I can get through it. Yeah, But it's, it's all pretend. But yeah, so it. when we were introducing my, ourselves, I just said Matthew St. Germain. I have a PhD in tripping balls. Next, please. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. No, I've heard of this one. Yeah. Who? Yeah. yeah. It was either you, no, it's somebody else. So, or maybe I read it somewhere. Oh, man, it was good. Yeah. yeah. That is a good one. Yeah. yeah. So I get to, to me, be a, I get to be a judge again this year. I know. So I don't that's know awesome. if you want to, but um, after the first meeting, the subsequent weekends, I'm going to have smoking parties for whoever wants to come up and uh, come and help me judge the samples. Totally. And so I'll have like, I don't know, maybe hundreds, maybe not. It kind of depends. Every year you really don't know how many people are going to enter. And, right, and right. It seems like the COVID. I definitely want to come check some out. It I seems just between see. COVID and also um, in the staggered Harvest Ball Emerald Cup that a lot of people didn't realize. A lot of people thought the Harvest Ball was the Emerald Cup. Right. Right. So it's just been tough to like change the messaging on that to get the – the, the word out. I think. Yeah, that's something uh, we should definitely talk to Tim because I uh, actually Taylor uh, texted me earlier and I was going to touch base with Shiloh. But um, but uh, the California State Fair is recognizing cannabis again this year. Word. Or for the first time. Sorry, not again. Okay, right. Okay, sorry. Right. No, not again. This yeah. is the first time in history. Awesome. Uh, that the California State Fair is recognizing cannabis and having a cannabis awards. 
and now SC Labs, Alex Lucky Ass is getting all the tests. They're doing both, all but, the testing. But yeah. they, but uh, the California State Fair really wants participation, and they really want to highlight the the legacy producing regions. That basically what I will call the two sides of social equity. I want to go see that. So they want to hire. They want to. They want to highlight urban social equity and yep. BIPOC communities and, and communities yep. affected by the war on drugs. Yep. And they want to highlight the other communities, rural communities and our cultivating communities yeah. that have been harmed by the war on drugs. Yeah. Um, it's Brian Applegarth and Brian and, and uh, James Letts, I believe is his last name. Dude, um, that sounds so cool. From, you know, from cultivar brands that are, that are helping put the state fair, they're helping the state and the state fair with that, this, this event. And it's amazing, dude. Like it's it's freaking f- phenomenal. And they've basically said, "Hey, if you have a test from the Emerald Cup, we'll accept it over here at at, uh, at the state fair." So instead of having to get two tests because it was oh. two separate events, two tests. But dude, the market is so hurting. Right. So it was an amazing gesture on their That's part. That's excellent. I would love to to like figure out too with Tim. Like, hey, let's freaking get a, you know Beard Bros. Like, let's get a last minute freaking big blast blast out there. Yeah. So that we can get like the the people to show that we need to. I mean, I've been telling crazy. I've been telling a bunch of my friends. It's different every year. COVID's crazy too. Like that's yeah. probably a big part of it. Based on the samples I saw last year, I've I've just gone to so many of your friends. Like, look, dude, like. You gotta go. If you enter and it's like last year, you will win. You're gonna crush it. Like just because I know people who grow really good weed, and it's just like, dude, if you just have anything good, it's gonna win. Totally. And that last year was the only year it was ever like that. Every other year, it's been like just jar after jar of just like, oh, oh my god, dude, look at, oh my god, I can't believe I get to smell this and look at it, like, oh my god, this jar. And it was actually 2019, right? Because they didn't have 2020. Right, so it they've, was, no, they've had every year. Oh, they did last. They did twenty twenty, but it was <clears throat> oh, it was virtual. That's right. Oh, that's yeah. probably why there was a little party in L A for just like the judges and the people and like. And some then they did the video. And, they and did they a did virtual the, thing, and we watched the yeah. video. Yeah, on the screen. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, but nobody watched the video, dude. Like, did you watch the virtual burn? Like, no. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> it's not the same thing. Burning dude. Man is not yeah. watching Burning Man on a, on a computer. Uh, it's no. not Burning Man. It is not even close. To Build Burning your man. own man and go burn it. That's about as close as you can get. It's true. I built a Burning Man. I didn't Just, go to. I built a man. One time we built a rabbit. We built an eight sick. eight foot tall yeah. rabbit out of. We had a wicker shelf, and we had wicker like um, fans, and we had all and wicker stools. We had all this wicker shit, mm-hmm. and so we built a rabbit out of wicker. And we Sick. took it to Dockweiler Beach, great. which is in L.A. Yeah, yeah. And we burned that oh, motherfucker in Dockweiler Beach. Nice. And, dude, like, every other campfire, like, when they saw us bring it down, they just, everybody started oh, coming up, like, what? what are you doing? Yeah, we started burning it, and it was just, not, wicker burned so awesome. Oh, yeah. Because of the this, you know, the weave and the airflow through it. Of course. Dude, it burned. Just and, super and it just, lively. And it, like, it, like, sparks off like crazy, right? Really? And so, like, everybody just came in there, like, wow. We had, like, a couple hundred yes. people, and everyone just like, ah! Taking pictures and it was epic and the bunny fell down and we're like yay, so was, good. I think that was 2005 Burning Man, right? 2005 Damn. Burning Man, yeah. It's just unparalleled, dude. It's I've only been one year. Oh no, wait, yeah. that was two, three, four. It had to have been 2005. So and it, and it, but that but that wasn't at Burning Man. Right. No, no, that was, that was our, it was Darkweiler Beach yeah. because we didn't make Burning Man. Oh, because you didn't make because we had Kainoa. Oh, we had my son. Rad. Yeah, yeah, I love it, dude. Yeah. So that's that's stuff. yeah. And then that's... up in Mendo, a couple of times we made we made men and burned them for years. We couldn't go. 
Yeah, the tuna guys do. They do a Burning Mom every oh, year. That crew. Yeah, you know all the, the, tuna the guys. crew. Do they go anymore? Um, a bunch of them still go, okay. I believe. But um, Captain Jim did pass away some years back, and they've yeah. always been pretty low key. Like tuna guys is not a camp that that they promote really like it's they've got no. sashimi grade tuna on the playa bomb ass oh. shit all year long i mean yes. all i mean all week, all long. week long and yeah because they pack it like a couple feet of tuna well so like solid blocks of ice when they open the truck and then it's a couple feet of tuna a solid block wall of ice a couple feet of tuna a solid block wall of ice and so they pack it tuna and ice per day and so they have an allotment per day until they get to the end yeah so i yeah, found dude. tuna camp we didn't even know any of you guys we didn't know anybody from mendo we hadn't even moved to mendo wait you hadn't at that point dude the first time i met tuna camp was 2003 because they were camped with my friend hippie steve and some other people we knew it was when they were camped really close to the esplanade and they had this sick ass camp where they got the rvs all perfectly together where there was like no way in and even the way in was like this weird labyrinth and then our friends were just like yo 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 dude come do bong hits and like we got tuna and we were like what and oh, yeah. it was like we came in and they just had tuna. They had sashimi tuna and they had grilled tuna. And then somebody else had brought because they had tuna and someone was stoked. They brought someone else had bought a sla- slab, like a f- three foot slab of a smoked salmon. Yeah. And oh, yeah. like it just goes off and everybody's bringing the best of everything else because these guys have the best sashimi grade tuna. Totally. Yeah. And then it turns out and it's all local line. Years caught, later. Like yeah. We moved to Mendo and then and then you guys are all tuna camp. And we're just like, wow. Yeah. 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 It was just the crew that that I ended up falling into that I ended up camping with, and Evan and a bunch well, of the from crew Evan and caught, uh, camped with so many times. What's the other? And then Skinny name? Kitty, I like bounced back kind of, and forth. The bigger kid, um, Eric. 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 Right. Eric yeah. is awesome. Eric's yeah, awesome. Eric's yeah. awesome. So it was Eric and Evan were the link, right? Because isn't Eric's dad one of them? Eric's dad, Skip, is yeah, is one of the t- main tuna guys. Yeah, we're... and then his best buddy. Oh my gosh, Austin. I believe I'm, I'm like a hundred percent sure. Oh my God. I'm just blanking. Sorry, brother. I'm just blanking no. your name right now. If you ever hear this. Um, but, uh, but it was his dad that was captain Jim. Okay. Um, so he was like, rest the in main, peace. Captain Jim. Yeah, captain Jim was awesome. Captain he was Jim. an awesome brother and fucking what a bad man. motherfucker to go out there and catch all that tuna for oh, people. Yeah. Right. Oh and yeah. Like, catch all that tuna and clean all that tuna and pack all that tuna and then cook it and clean it up. And bro, he understood how to gift hard yeah, dude. Yeah. Gift hard. And they were just such good, salt-of-the-earth, hardworking folks. I'm going to write like, that down. Yeah. Gift. What was it? Gift good? Gift hard, bro. Gift hard. Yes. Gift hard. Oh, that is All fucking right. good, too. Yeah, definitely write that down. Yeah, he's just a – there's just such a great salt-of-the-earth crew, bro. And when you talk to some of these folks, like, man – uh, the fishing world is is freaking no different than like what you're seeing with like the cannabis world and the, oh it's doggy dog yeah the political yeah. takeover just the capitalism all that kind of stuff with within oh, most industries but yeah. like bro it's just crazy like they just get freaking overregulated and shat on in so many different ways and it's yeah. like a struggle for them but then these big guys are out there just like pushing freaking bycatch off the boat like you know what i mean commercial fishing that's and one just of the like main things stuff, i think you know? needs like, to really get addressed is is net fishing yeah dude yeah because yeah. it does it creates bycatch and what bycatch is is just animals that are deemed unfit for sale and so they're usually killed in the process of nating them up and then suffocating them on the boat totally and then thrown overboard yep 
it's it's horrific. Yeah, it's horrific, dude. And, and it's just so again, it it's time, extractive. Like, what the fuck? Like extractive as shit. You know, yeah. it's like it's tough, dude. It's a tough one. But yeah, go ahead. Oh no, Sorry. I was I was excited about what you're saying. You said, but oh, yeah. Oh, it's just it's just interesting how it's like even in in a field like you know fishing you know small freaking fishing men and it's just no different than small farmer or whoever you know yeah. whoever else it's like yeah. man the uh extractive like measures that we've gone to for the sake of consumerism and you know centralization of systems yes. and control yep. is just fucking disgusting you know what i mean so i, th- I again i think, I think like there's the, a massive the methods shift have away gotten from away from us because they're not grounded in any morality whatsoever yeah, that's what I think. And this is what I love about plant medicine. Like you said earlier, Word. it's like to me, I can't even like, you know, drugs. It's all drugs. But I'm like, dude, plants and some of these naturally occurring substances that people have used on their own accord yeah. for for, you know, untold aeons. Yeah. Long ass time it, uh, is just ultimately fascinating to me, especially when you yeah. watch another great documentary on Netflix is uh, is um, the fantastic fungi. Have you watched that one? Oh, yeah, dude. We <gasps> saw that actually at the little theater over by East West Cafe. Oh, sweet. There's a, the Summerfield, I think it's called. Oh, So they'll the have one? a lot of like art flicks and, and documentaries and stuff. Oh, they do actual films there? Yes. I thought it was just a playhouse. The Summerfield is on, next to East West Cafe. Yeah. I thought it was just a playhouse. The they, one on the corner right there, a, right? They have a stage? Oh, I thought. I oh. thought it was. I thought they might. The only time I ever went there was to see Fantastic Fungi, and it was a movie. Whoa. But dude, that movie is that shit. But you're not talking about re- the Regal Cinemas, like not the. No, main. no, no. Um, do you know where East West Cafe is? Yeah, yeah. Not in Sebastopol. Not in Sebastopol. Oh, oh, you're talking over about by Howarth Park. I'm here. sorry. Here, yes, sorry. Howarth Park. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, right, right. Yeah. I'm uncool. I don't live in Sebastopol. No, I didn't even know that there were, that there was a theater right there, though. I understand that, and That's it's because you're cool and you live in Sebastopol. <laughs> yeah, I've tried it. for years and I've just been denied. No, dude, don't. We got close. We got to Valley Ford, but we like. It's like oh, we that's got right. we got close, but then at the last moment, like the cool magnet repelled oh, us. Dude, and they you were, were like, right down the road like, from me. Go to the ocean, you fuck! It was epic. Yeah, you were right down the road, and I remember hitting you up. Like, oh, I gotta come by, and ever... all of a sudden you moved already. I was like, wait, what? Dude, happened? that was one of the coolest houses I've ever lived in my life. Damn, it was only was that the year. place had a pond and shit. It had a pond. Fuck, no more than fifty feet from the back door. One of the biggest decks oh, that faced man. the pond, and then the entire Damn. house was floor to ceiling windows all the way around. Oh, sick. There's floor-to-ceiling windows and sliding glass doors all the way around. Rad. Dude. Dude. It was, so it was just unparalleled 360-degree views on top of a ridge in Valley Ford yes. on a 36,000-acre dairy farm. Right? Badass. Yeah, dude. And so it was because of the pond being there and the proximity to the ocean. Yeah. We had ocean birds. We had migratory birds. We had bobcats there. We had just such an abundance of life. And then we had trout and perch and bass in the pond. Really? Yeah. Yeah, the kids caught all of the above. Trout in there, too. That's so rad. Yeah. Oh, Big man. trouts, dude. Big trouts like this. What, what happened to that property, you think? Um, the It's owned by a rich um, couple. The gentleman is an heir to the first European settlers that came and commandeered the land. Damn, really? Which definitely upset him when I mentioned that. I didn't really mean to, but I kind of <laughs> mentioned it at one point. And, he got really mad and he wanted to explain oh, how he worked shit. for everything he had. And I was like, well, I'm sure you work yeah, every didn't day. say you didn't work, bro. I, I kind of <laughs> just got it. I get into it. I didn't mean to. It just it developed, you know. And I was just like, no, no, I, I'm not saying you didn't work every day. I work every day, too. I get it. I just, I'm just saying, like, somebody, like, gave you a bunch of stuff they took from something else. Someone else, you know. And he didn't like that. But, um, 
No, so she wanted to live there and he didn't. It's a stupid no. bullshit story. And then uh, I would go down on the dock and sunbathe nude because we're literally on the middle of a 36,000 acre ranch where no one's allowed to go. Right. right? Yeah, you're all sweet. So I would sunbathe nude right. and then the lady would show up without contacting me and would get all weird about the fact that I was naked. And you're like, uh. When I just explained it to her, I was like, look. So, <laughs> like, then way out here. she had the property manager call me and yada yada. And I was like, look, here's the deal. By law, you have to inform me in writing 24 hours before you show up. Yeah. But you don't have to do that. I'm just saying that's the law. Like, if we want to talk about the law and who's at fault here, the law is you are at fault for not notifying me in writing 24 hours before you showed up. Totally. But I'm cool with that. Yeah. If you just text me, like, yo, St. Germain, I'm coming, put some fucking <laughs> pants on. I will gladly put pants on. <laughs> and all you got to do is just be like, yo, oh here's God. a text. And I'll be like, word, here's my pants. <laughs> but if you're going to show so up, perfect, bro. if you're going to show up at my house where I'm paying you $4,500 a month unannounced, I might have my dick out. Yeah. And, and then, talk about like, and then she was like, my, it's my fault. Cool. You guys can get the fuck out. And we were like, okay, thanks. <laughs> oh, damn. That's so uh, ridiculous. Dude. It was fun. Oh it was my a God. fun moment. But, but I mean, we had that's a great just time. crazy. Like, yeah. how would like somebody not make sense of that? Like, oh yeah, maybe I should just text you. She Thanks. really was. Cool. So she wanted to the live fuck? there, but the dude didn't because he wanted to live in the house. Oh, so down she the was way. really just bitter that, that he you, wanted to live in the house the down the way where he grew up, oh. and she was not part of the family. She married into the family by marrying him, and she wanted right. to move to this hella nice house up on this hill. Yeah, of course. But he wouldn't have it, and so it, we were caught in the middle of her strange neuroses about the house. Like she showed up and she was. See, I knew there was there something was like, going on there. When we rented, they're I'm like, like, "That's an easy out." The property manager's somebody. like, "There's apple trees and there's nuts and there's these pears and there, there's all these satsuma, like all these crazy fruit trees everywhere. Asian pear, rad, really." And then home chicks like shows up after we rent the place and everything's paid for. But she's like, "Don't touch any of the fruit, don't harvest any of the fruit. No. I take it all and I sell it at a farmer's market and I I do this and this and that with it. So do not touch any of it. You're not allowed to pick any of the fruit." Whoa. And we're like, all right, whatever. And we just, no, I just, whatever. You would probably have the land, I mean, the property manager mentioned that shit to the, uh, the property manager told me exactly the opposite. Anyway, I just was like, I'm the type of guy, I'm like, okay, whatever, cool. So, like, summer comes and the first shit's ready and she never comes and gets it and it falls to the ground and rots. And then as fall approaches, as fall approaches, as each thing gets ripe, it just all falls onto the ground and rots on the ground. And we don't pick any of it because I told her I wouldn't. Wow. Right? Wow. And then she kicked our asses out. And then she tried to play me for a pear tree breaking, dude. It turned into this whole fucking thing. It was awesome. But it was really nice <laughs> it for me. Awesome. It yeah. was awesome. Well, I mean, it was nice for me because oh god, this lady was just so abhorrent Yeah, that it was a really cool moment for me to really detach because I didn't own the house. And that's really the truth of the situation. Yeah, totally, and then secondarily, totally. just recognize it like... I don't have to buy into that lady's misery yeah, in humans any way, are, shape, or form, exactly. right? Yeah. I can just be like, bing, 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 Wonder Woman bracelets. Yeah, dude. And then I made a mistake. There was damage to the house, like extensively to the really nice wood in the house because before it had been a halfway recovery house before we had been in it. And one of the guys had had a dog. Really? And I didn't take pictures of the dog damage. And so then oh, they tried to say that oh, my dogs damaged these doors, these like really nice like $6,000 doors and yada, yada. Yeah. And so they took our huge deposit. And oh, they tried shit. to get extra money from me, right? And so it was cool because no. I was like, well, I'm not paying you extra money because my dogs didn't do that. And they're like, well, you don't have proof. And I'm like, I don't. You're right. You could probably sue me. But you can just have my money. How about that? I don't even care. 
And it was weird for the property manager lady because she wanted to fight about it. And I was just like, no, you can just have it. Oh, she wanted to fight you. Like she wanted to argue about the, the money and the stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. But I was just like, no, you can just have it. And she wanted to keep defending why she could have it. I'm like, no, no, like we're already done. We don't even ever have to talk again. Like we're good. <laughs> and then she was like, I, 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 and I was like, click. You're all, no, right? no, literally we're done. You're good. Yeah, so it was good for me though because – like I said, I was just able to detach and just be like, "Whoa, that lady's got some fucking issues, man." And uh, what God we got was damn, we got to live. Intense, we got a sabbatical. Like, well, we, it was t- hard to live there. Yeah. When it rained, I had to drive my. That was when I had my Chevy four x four diesel, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to drive through water up to the hood to get out of there. No way. Yeah, because Valley Ford Road becomes a fucking lake. Right. If right. it rains any more than a tiny bit, Valley Ford. Oh, whole, I know. That whole road. I didn't even lake. think about that. So right where the road is a lake yeah. is right where we lived. Like our driveway emptied into the lake. Damn. Yeah, for real. So um, so Ugh. there was that, right? And it was far away for the kids and for Tristan for school. But what we did have was um, we just had this beautiful sabbatical in, in a nature preserve on the coast for a year. Yeah. And like Sam. Amazing. Half the year when the sparrows were there, mm-hmm. every night at, do- at dusk, which for a while especially was during dinner time. We would be sitting in front of these huge floor-to-ceiling picture oh, windows, yeah, and thousands upon thousands of sparrows would do the vortex over the pond for like 20 yeah. minutes, drinking and eating insects, and we would just eat our food together as a family and watch this happening like 50, 60 feet away. And so there was awesome. a bird there. There is an Egyptian ibis. Yeah, yeah. Pardon me. I think it's a Siberian ibis. There's an ibis from East Asia. Uh-huh. One to four of them are spotted on the West Coast in any given year. A maximum. Uh, how many? One to four. One to four. They don't, they're not from here. They, every once yeah, yeah. in a while they get mixed up and they get here, right? Crazy. We had one that lived at the pond for the, until the next late spring. Damn. It made the craziest sound, and we could never see it. And one day, I just like slow tracked it down, and I have pictures of it, and I got a full glimpse of it. And I had a a book. Uh, oh, it wasn't Audubon, but it was this really nice book of of North American birds uh-huh. and illustrations of birds to identify them. Right, right, right. And it's in there. No shit. And it's in there, and it's this crazy Asian ibis. That only one to four. I think of I know them, exactly the book you're talking about. Yeah, only one to four of them every year come to the West Damn. Coast, and we had one living at the pond, and we got to hear it make it sound, and we got to know what it was. And the pond had lotuses, and it was just this thing red, is literally like fifty feet. The, I mean, fifty that feet from the house with deck. a three level deck. That's just the most amazing deck, and it was just red <laughs> so shouldered good. hawk, red tailed hawk, oh peregrine falcon. You busted out that bird book, didn't you? Oh. You're like, oh, shit, I better get into this. Kites, hawks, Cooper's hawks. Um, oh, that's amazing. Just like great blue herons, the big white Guaranteed. herons, yeah. Yeah. cormorants, yep. seagull. Just on, The usual suspects on, out there, on, but then on. some cool ones. So many interesting songbirds, so many yeah. small, because it had the horsetails. Yeah. So, so many of those little small songbirds eating off the little cattails, totally, yeah. the cattails, right? Eating off the cattails. Which is like one of my favorite things to watch, around period. The Something about cattails and a pond with those little birds on it. I don't know what it is, but I love it. It's so soothing, bro. So we had a year of it. You know, we had a yeah. year of this just amazing nature sabbatical. Yeah, see, yeah. so fucking super fucking worth awesome. the headache. Hell yeah. Really? And the right? money, dude. Yes. Yeah. It was like a vacation. Oh, and it's it was so like, good. 
it's, it's been something I've just been trying to really learn more and more in my life that like other people's like freak out trip like I don't actually no, you don't have, have to carry to. it yeah, yeah yeah and it's been even happening a little bit into the new year I had a real cool experience uh, New Year's mm-hmm. it really crystallized my vision and there's just been a little bit of bumps here and there and quicker than ever before I was like you know what like I can just say no to any of this and not experience any of this and I can let other people melt down and 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 lose their shit. I and, think we were talking about it right at the same yeah, time. Yeah. And I was like And then all of a sudden I'm same fine. Thing. I'm like, "Oh, I actually wasn't tripping and I can actually deal with this. I can deal with an issue or with a person by discussing it. But if they want to get into like maladaptive communication styles or whatever, then I'm just like, "Word, we just don't have to talk and it's awesome." Yeah. Because what I really realized is I want to love people. And some people like you, dude, I could love you if you came to my house every fucking day and I made you a coffee and you hung out. I just really like hanging out with you all of the time. Fucking love like, you, buddy. You got a good Thank vibe. you. Yeah. yeah. No. And, but there's other people like. Other for sure. There's other people I can only see occasionally in order yeah, to really totally. love them as strongly as I can. And there's some people I really can't yeah. ever see because I want to love them. And, w- and I wish them well. There's not a person in my life that I have ill will towards. There are some people totally. that I just know that. Our styles don't mesh, so I can't be near them because I would much rather be focused on praying for love and blessings for anybody I know than ever be crabbing at them for any any other bullshit. Totally. Again, not to mention energetically, it's just disrupting flow. Like knowing where those boundaries are, you know, like one of my favorite mottos of the past few years has been, um, you know, set boundaries now so you don't build barriers later. Nice. And it's a good, like a serious mantra for me. Yes. Is just setting boundaries and figuring out those healthy boundaries for things. And again, energy flow really, it it falls into everything. You know what I mean? So you can really figure out those boundaries if you're in touch with, you know, that energy flow and how it's flowing. Yep. Is it positive? Is it negative? Is it constructive? Destructive? Is it, you know what I mean? Is it, is it, you know, conducive to growth and, and like, facilitating growth and and expansion and and exponential growth you know great if not then freaking you know it's just it's got to be cut the fuck out i mean dude i was 24 i had testicular cancer what yeah yeah bro at 24 wow and that shit changed my world bro i was in an unhealthy relationship um i loved this woman to death but she just had a lot of heaviness that she carried with her and like and projected a lot on me. But then it was also, there was other things like cell phone in my pocket all the time and freaking, you know, our microwave was down at a lower level. So who knows what it was really from? Um, but I think it was a combination of things. You know, it was just like, whatever, who knows yeah. what it was? You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but it was definitely a level of stress and a level of me taking on other people's energy. And a friend of mine, uh, Sherry Dawkins, actually from Willits, I think you know Sherry. Uh-huh. She, you know, had, had uh, thyroid cancer in her life. And she was like, she was like, look, I've, I've you know, read a lot into chakras and, and have studied a lot to try to help myself heal from my experience. And she's like, I recognize this in you, that you know, your lower chakra is your heart chakra and you take in people's energy a lot. Like yeah. you are an energy absorber. You walk in, like I'm the, the guy you walk into the bar and like the people just start telling you their life story. Like it's yeah. just I'm a I'm a people yeah. person like that. Yeah. I love people. You got a great vibe, dude. And I love people. Yeah. Like I love socializing. Yes. I'm genuinely like I care. I'm empathetic. Yes. But I was like taking it to a level of unhealthy Word. where I was like absorbing these people's fucking demons almost. Like yeah. it was just like negative energy that yeah. I was just like allowing yeah. to absorb. 
And I just had to really figure out, and I still struggle with it to this day. I was telling you earlier today, I'm like dealing with this frustrating thing and my energy, my mood's kind of not, you know, I was like, dude, it's just, it's so like, it's just human condition. Yes, it is. In, in, to the, to the epitome of human condition. Yeah. But it is something that like, luckily again, recognizing it, you know, the first step to, so we're talking about solutions. The first step to solving the problem is to knowing, acknowledging that there is one, yes. but don't dwell on it. Just find solutions. You know, it's like, yes. so trying to keep that practice of like, don't, you know, take things, you know, personally, don't yes. let it affect you. Like yes. it's such a like ongoing mantra. Yes. But it's definitely something I, I learned that I have to like be very aware of. Guilt is an issue for me. And it's like, I feel like I'm finally <laughs> starting to just get a handle on seeing how fucked up I am. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm I'm aiming towards maybe by 65 or so, I should be able to like actually have fairly unfucked myself. So that's what dude, I'm hoping. I'm hoping so. I mean, I'm hoping not, sooner. If not, I'll be 80 oh, something sitting on a porch just high as fuck in a rocking chair. <laughs> like, hey, it doesn't get much better right. or worse than this. Right. Like, right. You know what I mean? Yes. That's it. Like, yes. oh, oh, so good, dude. Yeah. I, then there's a part of me that thinks if I ever really get it like figured out and the day I get everything just really square, mm -hmm. I'm just gonna fall over dead. So it might be best to just keep it a little messy and untidy. Right. Just always be like, yeah, yeah. you know, try to like, ravel up the ends. I'm not ready for the next one yet. Not or quite. the next, you know, energetic phase. Whatever. I'm you really call stoked it. on life. Me you know? too. And man. it's a Me hard too. one, bro. It's, it's a constant oh, son it's of a bitch. But I, love the, I love the hell hearty. out of it too. Yeah. Best game in town. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Infinite. Eight. Word.